and we'll be looking at Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 today. So this is our new setup. We'll be uh, trying this out today. We have a new studio setup, and we'll be continuing to uh, update it as we go along. So welcome to Letter to Philippi Live. Uh, this is our daily study in Paul's letter to Philippi, letter to the Philippians. And we'll be looking today at Philippians chapter 2 or 7 as we continue going through the Messianic hymn, looking today at the emptying of the, of the Messiah's divine attributes, his willingness to lay aside all that he had as the divine Messiah to enter our world humbly as a baby who would live a life as a humble man die the death of a slave, the death of the Roman cross, to bring full atonement. So we'll begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll go into our study for today. O oh Lord, you are good. We thank you. We bless your holy name. We thank you for each opportunity we have to study your holy word. We thank you, Lord, for these words of your, your servant, Paul, who spoke to people of Philippi over 1900 years ago, and now speaks to us today in these words we have from his correspondence with the people in Philippi. We thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your preserving of those Jewish people that we celebrate this week of, of Hanukkah, that by your mighty hand you brought down those who are trying to destroy the Jewish people and the practice of Torah. We thank you for that. We thank you for Yeshua, who is our life, and may, us, may we become more and more and more in the Messiah each day. And in the name of Yeshua, the name above all names, we pray. Amen. So again, this is Letter to Philippi Live. It's their daily broadcast from lettertophilippi.org, a new Messianic Jewish theological and teaching organization, which I'm the founder and I'm a teacher of this class. And this is our first initiative of, of this new, new work, this new ministry of looking to build a Messianic Jewish theology for the 21st century and building firmly on the, the Tanakh, on the Brihadashah, on the traditions of the Jewish people and to give glory to the God of Israel and lifting up, by lifting up Yeshua and making Yeshua known as the Jewish Messiah and the Savior of the world the one who brings true redemption. So today we'll be looking at Philippians 2, verse 7, to continue going through the Messianic hymn, which I described earlier as the first, the first liturgical piece, or first Messianic praise song that we know of, that was in the middle of the first century of the Common Era, that the, was a part of the worship of the early followers of Yeshua. I believe this was written in Jerusalem and among the Jerusalem Messianic community in Aramaic, which would be the spoken language. And here in the letter to, to the Philippians, Paul is translating it into Greek for his Greek-speaking Greek readers, taking these words that are part of the, the liturgy of the early Messianic community in Jerusalem, these words about the Messiah that were, part of, that, that were integrated into the Jewish prayers, and now, and now passing them on to the people in Philippi to have a piece of, of liturgy for them to include in their, their communal worship, their home worship, to focus on the greatness of the Messiah Yeshua, the greatness of his sacrifice, 
and the greatness of his future reign over all creation. At verse 7 we read of Philippians 2, On the contrary, he emptied himself and that he took the form of a slave, by becoming like human beings are, and when he appeared as a human being. Read that again. On the contrary, he, Yeshua, emptied himself, and they took the form of a slave, of becoming like human beings are, and when he appeared as a human being. The Greek word for emptied is kanoo. Many scholars understand that Yeshua, in his incarnation, emptied himself of his omnipotence, his all-power, his omnipresence, his, his ability to be everywhere, and his omniscience, his all-knowledge. These, these, these prerogatives and, and uh, abilities that, that only God has, omnipotence, omnipresence, and omniscience, that he laid aside, he emptied himself of these parts of his divine nature to enter into our world as a slave, to enter this world as a baby born in lowly set setting and one who would live a life of humility and would give his life by the death of a slave, a death on the Roman cross. In this verse, Paul teaches that Yeshua, the eternal divine Messiah, came into the world as a flesh and blood human being. In contrast to later Gnostic groups and the proto-Gnostic teachings of the time, Disposed that the man Yeshua became divine, or the divine Yeshua just appeared to be in, in the world. So, in contrast to those 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 said that that Yeshua became divine, or those who believe that Yeshua became the divine Messiah, not from all eternity, but when he when he rose from the dead, that he went with the conquering of death that he became the divine Messiah, that it was something that was not his, something that was not a part of him, but something that he actually became, that Yeshua entered our world as just a mere human being and became divine. Or that the divine Yeshua just appeared to be in the world. And I also believe that in this contrast between physical and the spiritual world, that Yeshua just appeared to be in our world. He was a spiritual person, and not a physical person. But in contrast, we see what Paul is saying here, that Yeshua the Messiah was the divine Messiah, the one who bore the very name of, of God, who entered our world as a flesh and blood human being. As Yeshua, God became man and introduced creation uniquely and intimately. While there have been brief glimpses of the one God of Israel in the Tanakh, interacting with human beings, which we've seen most recently, as we were at in uh, in the Torah readings, as we were as we see the the three messengers who come to to uh, Avraham before the uh, destruction of Saddam and and Amora, that there that there were were experiences that people had throughout the out the Tanakh of glimpses of of the divine coming into our world, that these messengers were what are called epiphanies. But in Yeshua, the God of Israel physically entered our world as a baby 
entered our world physically to live a life and to give his life for the atonement of sins. Yeshua is the one God of Israel, emptied himself of his divine prerogatives, his all-knowing natures, his all-power, his ability to be every, everywhere, to enter fully and encounter his created beings as one of them. Yeshua truly became one with his creation by becoming part of it, by being born as a baby, entering the world as other humans enter the world. He, as the one God of Israel, who came to seek and to save, came physically through the natural form of birth into our world. As Paul models Yeshua in his life and calls the Philippians to join him in becoming more and more and more in Messiah, Paul shares the example of Yeshua's lowly entry into our world and his life of submission to the plan of God as the model for the Philippians to emulate. As, we, as, as, as I said before, in this Messianic hymn, we have both one of the most, most potent and clear teaching about the divine nature of Yeshua, that he was the one God of Israel who came into our world to seek and to save, and that he came into the world, he gave his life as the death of a slave, but he rose from the dead, he returned to his place in the heavenlies, and one day, may it come soon, he will return and bring life unending and bring the world to come. So we have that there, the clear teaching of the divine nature, which we, which is, which is said in, in academic terms, we call it a high Christology, a high understanding of the divine nature of Yeshua. But he was, he was God who came into our world. He was the one God of Israel who entered intimately into our world as a human being. But also, also throughout the book, we see teaching about humility. And Paul here, along with teaching about the divine nature of the Messiah, the clear understanding of Yeshua being one with the one God of Israel, he is also teaching here the modeling of the humility of the Messiah, that as Yeshua humbly entered our world and lived humbly, gave his life humbly, and for us in this world, the Philippians like Paul, should emulate his humility in their lives and to model the Messiah each day. A phrase, he took the form of a slave. More than just becoming a human being, however, Yeshua became a slave. Paul showed the example of Yeshua's willingness to be a slave as one accepting the lowest place in society. So not only did, did Yeshua, our righteous Messiah, the divine Messiah, come into our world humbly. He came in, into the lowest lowest of society the sl as a slave, as one who was, who, was, who was enslaved, one who was the lowest of society. And he came into that place of being, of entering from the highest of heights to the lowest of low, from the heights of heaven to the lowliness of being a slave in the Roman world. Interesting in the opening of the letter in Philippians 1.1, Paul makes the Philippians aware that both he and Timothy are slaves, modeling humility and submission to Messiah. So Paul, in his opening to this letter, 
uses uses the Greek word doulos or douloi for him and Timothy as they're slaves of Messiah Yeshua. And here he's talking about Yeshua who became a slave entering our world and to die the death of a slave. That they are modeling the willingness to, to be a slave as, as, as Yeshua was a slave to the divine plan. They are slaves of the Messiah Yeshua, devoted totally, given over totally to the life of serving the Messiah Yeshua. Just as Paul exemplified his devotion, Paul emphasizes the devotion Yeshua gave us to come into our world to bring full atonement. As we talked about yesterday in Isaiah 52.13, part of what, which the beginning of, this, of the sermon song, which includes Isaiah 53, we, we see, we see these, this, the passage, this, this servant song, speaking about the servanthood of the, of the Messiah, that the Messiah would come into the world and would be a servant, or, or even in, in more, uh, more basic words of the time, a slave, coming into the world in this lowly place. To be the one, to be the one to, to bring atonement, that Paul could be, be here thinking of of the, the servant songs of Isaiah, and Yeshua as the Messiah who would be the slave of the divine plan, who would give his life as a slave for atonement. So we can see that, that, that there could be a reference here to Isaiah's servant songs as Paul was speaking about Yeshua as the slave or servant of God. This humble enter in our world, Yeshua became the embodiment of the Messianic aspirations, seen in Isaiah's servant songs, where we read, Even more, he exposed himself to death, and bearing the sin of many, and interceding for the offenders. Isaiah 53.12 In this verse, we see the Mess Messianic servant or slave laying down his life as an act of dying and atoning death just as Yeshua would do for us. Yeshua in the fulfillment of Isaiah's servant songs, of which 50, Isaiah 53 is the best known and most oft quoted. Yeshua's humble entering our world was more than just the one God of Israel entering the world as a man to live among and fellowship with the creation. But in Yeshua, he came into the world as a lowly slave, a servant, demonstrating humility as he temporarily left the high eternal state to assume the low, the lowest of earthly states. Next we come to becoming like human beings are. There are two words in Greek, genomai and geneo, that can mean born or become. In this verse, Paul used the Greek word genomai rather than geneo, convey the meaning of a change in status, which is what we see in the Yeshua's emptying himself, temporarily leaving his pre-existent divine state and coming into our world as a human being. So we see in his, 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 his word use here, Rosh Paul is, is using the word 
or genomai in Greek, which means a change in status, that he that he was that he he was born or he came into this world world as a change in status, was changed in status from being in the heavenlies as the divine Messiah into our world as a man and as one in a lowly circumstance. Other uses of genomai in the Brihadashah in the New Testament include the transfiguration of Yeshua in Matthew 17, 2, where we read, As they watched, he began to change form. His face shone like the sun, and his clothing became white as light. In Matthew, Genomai is used to describe Yeshua's clothing changing to bright white as he makes his glory known to his closest Talmudim. Through the transfiguration, we can see the coming together of the human and divine in Yeshua. As biblical scholar Albert Nolan writes, Jesus' divinity is not something totally different from his humanity. Jesus' divinity is the transcendent depth of his humanity. Jesus was immeasurably more human than other men. Let me read that again. Jesus' divinity is not something totally different from his humanity. Jesus' divinity is the transcendent depth of his humanity. Jesus was immeasurably more human than other men. Becoming a man was not a sign that Yeshua is inferior to the Father because of his innate divine status. Though humbled in the Incarnation, it demonstrated that the obedience of Messiah is the voluntary, joyful, thankful obedience of a son, the true, sacrifice, transparent obedience of an equal. And that comes from, from O'Callaghan, from his, his masterful commentary on Philippians. Let me read that again. It's from O'Callaghan's commentary on Philippians, from the Pillar New Testament. The, the obedience of Messiah is the voluntary, joyful, thankful obedience of a son, the true sacrifice, transparent obedience of an equal. So in Yeshua, we see the divine one, the divine Messiah, humbling himself to be a servant, a slave of the divine plan, and to be one who would die the death of a slave. In this act of humility, Yeshua's divine Lord entered into the world to seek and save. Doing the work only God can do. Thus, the one God of Israel again steps into human history to offer redemption, which only comes from the divine one. The role of redeemer can only be filled by the one God of Israel. That is why Yeshua had to come into our world as the divine Messiah had to enter into the world that the, that the one God of Israel is the only one who could be, bring redemption. He was the one who brought redemption from Egypt. It was the hand of the one God of Israel who brought down the, 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 uh, the, the, the Syrian Greeks at the time of the Maccabees and is the one God of Israel who is the only one who can bring the final redemption, the redemption from sin and death through the death of the Messiah, the Messiah of Israel, 
as the one God of Israel is the only one who could bring redemption into our world. And we see this, this affirmed in the Torah in, De- in Deuteronomy 10, verses 17 and 18, which says, For Adonai your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, mighty, and awesome God, who secures justice for the orphan and the widow, loves the foreigner, giving him food and clothing. Let me read that again, because these powerful words from the Torah. For Adonai your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, mighty, and awesome God, who secures justice for the orphan and the widow, loves the foreigner, giving him food and clothing. The God of Israel, the one God of Israel, is the only one who could bring redemption, who could bring the final redemption, the redemption from sin and death. And it is in Yeshua, our righteous Messiah, as the one God of Israel entering our world, that redemption was secured by his death and by his resurrection. Death was defeated. Sin was defeated. Full atonement was made available. And this is what we have because of the work of Yeshua in our lives. And that will, and that is what we see here from this verse 7. That will conclude our study for today. As we looked at verse 7, I'll read, read through it again. It's always important to have, have the, the public reading of Scripture. And verse 7, what we looked at today, said, On the contrary, he, which is Yeshua, our righteous Messiah, emptied himself, they took the form of a slave, becoming like human beings are. And when he appeared as a human being. So we see here in this in this verse, we continue going through the Messianic hymn, we see the entry, the humble entry of Yeshua, our Messiah, into our world as a slave, as, as the lowest of society. He entered a world, one as a baby born in humble setting, lived a life of humility, and he was to live a life and to die the life of a slave, the death of a slave on the Roman cross. So we look at it as we continue through this this Messianic hymn, which which is a six verses that go through the life, death, resurrection, ascension, and soon return of Yeshua our Messiah. In these six verses, which represent a Messianic hymn, an early Messianic praise song, a piece of Messianic Jewish liturgy from the first century of the Common Era. We see Yeshua declared as the divine Messiah who entered our world humbly, who gave his life as, a, as on the, the Roman cross for our redemption, the death of a slave, who would conquer death rising on the third day, return to his place in the heavenlies, and soon one day will return to be the one acknowledged as King of Kings and Lord of Lords by all of creation. And we look forward to that day, and may that day come soon. So that will conclude our study for today on Philippians 2.7. We'll be looking at Philippians 2.8 tomorrow as we continue our study through the book of Philippians. This is actually our third time going through the book of Philippians this year. We do a daily study, Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. Pacific time, 
3 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem Time. And if you want more information on Letter to Philippi, just go to lettertophilippi.org. You can ask any questions you have about us. You can watch previous class videos on our, uh, on our teaching section. You can purchase a copy of my Messianic Commentary in Philippians, which is the basis for this class. You can leave a prayer request. I want to be praying for you. And each prayer request we receive, I will be praying for. You can make a, a uh, much-needed financial gift. This is Giving Tuesday. So we appreciate if you could make a go to our Give link and make a one-time or even better, a, a ongoing monthly or weekly contribution to the work of Letter to Philippi to keep these broadcasts going. And new initiatives that we're going to be starting in 2022. We've already started our, our second initiative, which is the Messianic Jewish Review of Books, with our first review on, on uh, Corinthians and Philippians within Judaism by Mark Nanos. And we'll be adding new, new reviews over, over the next few weeks. We'll look, I'm, I'm going to set a goal of trying to, uh, to get at least two new reviews out each month. Are looking at our our next next two books include include the uh, Basora by uh, Dr. Mark Kinzer and Rabbi Russ Resnick, and we'll also be looking at other books by Messianic Jewish scholars, and also from the wider academic world, focusing on the the Paul within Judaism school of thought, and also books relative to our understanding of Messianic Jewish theology and understanding our lives as follow, as Jewish followers of Messiah Yeshua and to understand for those from the nations to understand a Messianic Jewish perspective on the Brik Shah and on Yeshua and on the teachings of Rav Shaul. So we'll be, be as I said, adding more book reviews and also looking to live events, including our Seudat Mashiach on the final day of Passover, we'll be doing doing both a live and video streamed final meal of Passover focused on Yeshua, righteous Messiah, his life, death, resurrection, and his soon return. So that will include our time for today. Again, go to letteredphilippi.org. As I said, you can find any information you want about our, our work. You can make a contribution to our our work here, as I said, this day is Giving Tuesday. And uh, also, as I said, you can leave a prayer request, ask any questions, whatever you want. You can go to our, our website, lettertophilippi.org. So thank you for watching. Have a good day. And uh, Hanukkah Sameh, for those celebrating Hanukkah, we will be lighting our third candle tonight as we are uh, continuing through this time of celebrating the Festival of Lights and celebrating God's redemptive work through the through the Maccabees in, in destroying the works of, of Antiochus and the 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 Syrian Greeks who thought who sought to destroy Torah life. But there were those like the Maccabees who stood up against them and defeated them and restored Torah life to the Jewish people and Torah life that was necessary for the celebration of Christmas that our, our, our Christian brothers and sisters will be celebrating later next month is because of, of the, the defeat of the, of, the, of the Syrian Greeks by the Maccabees. There still were faithful Jews waiting for the Messiah. 
that Christmas could only happen if there was the Han Hanukkah. Hanukkah was necessary for, the, for there to be a Jewish populace waiting for the Messiah. And for those who celebrate Christmas, I, I want you to, re to remember that, that it was because of the, these faithful Jews who fought against those who tried to destroy Judaism and Torah life, that because of their standing for Torah, the way was made was made available for there to be faithful Jews, especially Miriam and, and Nazareth, who would be the one who would bear the, the Son of God into our world. So both of these both of these holidays are important in our understanding of one the importance of Jewish life, importance of Torah life that Hanukkah, Hanukkah represents the work of the Maccabees to defend Torah life and to defend the life of the Jewish people as a distinct people following the one God of Israel. And we have with Christmas among our, our, our Christian friends celebrating the coming of the Messiah into our world. So thank you for watching. We'll be back tomorrow looking at Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. Again, this is, my name is Sean Inslee. I'm the founder of Letter to Philippi and the teacher of this class. And if you want any more information, go to lettertophilippi.org. Thank you for watching. Hanukkah Sameach, and we will see you tomorrow. Shalom.